morning, NFC East. Still getting used to that new open here on Jacob Sports. Uh, obviously, like and hit that subscribe button. Or good morning, NFC East, and welcome back, everybody. My name is Jeff Kerr. Happy Tuesday. Happy week one. Yes, we're here. We're here. It's week one. I cannot wait for Bills, Rams, Thursday night. Um, doing that game for CBS. More than excited. Uh, I actually will not be on the road for any games on Sunday. Uh, I'm saving that for Monday Night Football, Eagles, Vikings, and uh, I forget who the Ravens play week two. I got I to look that up, and I, I'm pretty sure I'll be in Baltimore, too. And anyway, I kind of wanted to get into this now because – it's a reality. Jason Peters is a Dallas Cowboy. Eagles fans are so upset over this. I don't care. He's 40 years old. I just don't care. I don't. Harold Carmichael was a Cowboy. Randall Cunningham was a Cowboy. Ray Danger's boy, Tommy McDonald, was a Cowboy. Usually, Eagles players that go to the Cowboys don't fare well, and vice versa. Cowboys players who come to the Eagles don't usually fare well. I think the best one might be Herschel Walker, if you want to be honest, of Cowboys players that came over to Philadelphia. And then Herschel Walker went back to the Cowboys anyway. Um, DeMarco Murray was terrible. Chris Boniel was terrible. They're the two that just pop up right into my head. But there's an ulterior motive here with the Dallas Cowboys and bringing in Jason Peters. They can say whatever they want. They can say it's a death move, but is it really? Because you drafted a tackle in the fourth round. A left tackle in the fourth round of this year's draft. Is Jerry Jones admitting he's wrong? Yeah, I think so. Because why would you bring in 40-year-old Jason Peters? You didn't give that left tackle a chance to win the job. You played him in the last preseason game. He didn't play that well. Tyler Smith is going to be your left tackle week one. Tyler Smith is going to be the left tackle week one. That's fine. I get it. It's a death move. I, I do get it from that perspective. But you got to read into it a little bit. The Cowboys don't have any depth behind Tyler Smith. They don't have any depth at guard. It's Connor McGovern. I can't even tell you that the Cowboys' backup left tackle is about looking it up. In fact, I am going to look it up just because I'm curious of who the Cowboys oh. – Guess who their backup left guard is on their death chart? Tyler Smith. So Tyler Smith was is their starting tackle on their backup left guard. So if Connor McGovern goes down, they don't have anybody. So they had to bring in Jason Peters, who is, I don't even know if he is the best left tackle available on the market. It might be Eric Fisher. I don't know. Eric Fisher's jobless. So, you know, Jason Peters from East Texas. It makes sense. I'm going to give you a couple quotes here from what Jason Peters said. You remember a couple years ago when he kind of roasted the Cowboys and they had an Eagles truck? He said, you can't blame me. We were rivals. He said his meeting with Jerry Jones was love at first sight. Yeah, okay. All right, Jason, whatever. The Cowboys are paying you. I, again. If I'm an Eagles fan, I wouldn't get too worked up over Jason Peters wearing Cowboys colors. I just wouldn't. It, it's the business of the NFL. It happens. I was more hurt seeing Brian Dawkins wear a Denver Broncos uniform than I was Jason Peters wearing a Cowboys uniform. Jason Peters has a Super Bowl ring with the Philadelphia Eagles. 
He's going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and there's going to be a lot of Eagles fans there supporting him, which they should be. Because Jason Pierce was a damn good left tackle on this football team for a decade plus. And I will tell you this personally. Jason Peters said six years ago, six years ago, he wanted to play football. His goal was to play football when he was 40 years old. He wanted to stick around in the NFL when he was 40 years old. Jason Peters is 40 years old and he's still sticking around in the NFL. So mission accomplished. I don't care where it's at. He's the second oldest player in the NFL behind Tom Brady. I, I got to give him congratulations for that. I really do. But I just don't care he's a Dallas Cowboy. I don't. He'll probably be their left tackle at some point this season. They'll move Tyler Smith to guard. It won't be this week. It will not be this week. He's on the practice squad. He has to get ready. He hasn't had training camp. May not even be next week. But week six against Philadelphia Eagles? It's a possibility. Dallas is all in. Where they got to replace guys on the offensive line or not, where they have issues at running back or not, they don't. But they're paying the guy a lot of money. And Ezekiel Elliott, when they could have filled up other holes on this roster. I don't think the Cowboys are going to take this dramatic step back like everybody else does. I don't. I still think they're a 10-win team. I still think they're a playoff team. I, I, I'm not ready to kind of jump ship on the Dallas Cowboys yet. Where they signed Jason Pierce or not. But they did need to do it. But you got to read between the tea leaves a bit. They have no depth at tackle. They gave up on their fourth-round pick. Josh Ball, they're... I think he was a third-round pick two years ago. I got to double-check that. He's no good. Did Jerry Jones fail at the draft? Right now, I would say yes. Over the last two years, I would say yes. Outside of Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is really, really, really good at football. But those later rounds, no. Because it is week one. Because it's week one, we get to preview some football this week. And the Cowboys are going to play Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sunday night football. Yeah, as you can tell, we're kind of featuring the Cowboys a little bit today. We're going to be doing this throughout the week. We're going to be previewing all the games. We're going to preview the Dallas Cowboys-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game this week, which I can't wait for. Sunday night football. It's a good first matchup of the year. Tom Brady versus Dak Prescott rematch of week one. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I'll say that. Because I want to see if the Cowboys can beat anybody that's any good. Because they didn't last year. They averaged 40 points per game against NFC East teams last year and going 6-0. That number dipped significantly. Significantly when they actually played competition. Because the NFC East wasn't good last year. It wasn't. Washington was bad. Giants were <laughs> god-awful. And the Eagles were a rising team. They made the playoffs. It just made the Cowboys' record against the NFC East better. But the Eagles were not on the Cowboys' level last year. Uh, week 3 could tell you that. Week 18, throw out the window. Who cares? Dallas deserves everything they get for playing stars in the, against Eagles' third stringers in a meaningless game. Because the Eagles clinched their playoff spot. Dallas is 6-0 against the NFC East last year, averaging 40 points per game. In their other 12 games, counting the playoffs, 6-6, six six, 25.6 points per game. You know what that tells me? The Dallas Cowboys did not beat 
anyone good last year. They did not. It is a fact. Don't give me the Chargers in week two. Because they didn't make the playoffs. Chargers were a good team, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. San Francisco proved my point. The Arizona Cardinals proved my point. Especially the Arizona Cardinals. Because they were in a free fall last year, if you remember. But the 49ers, double-digit penalties. Didn't know how to finish the game. Trayvon Diggs got burnt. Debo Samuel stoned him. It was just, it was the Cowboys season in a nutshell. They were a very good football team. But they needed to beat the San Francisco 49ers to shut people like me up. They did not do that. Mike McCarthy is not that great of a coach. In fact, I'm not even sure if Mike McCarthy is going to be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys after this year because Jerry Jones has a love affair with Sean Payton. And he's, not that he's going to be a free agent, but he's available. You got to get him from the New Orleans Saints first. So that's going to be interesting. That's going to be an interesting storyline that plays out all year. Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. Can the Cowboys eliminate the penalties? Can they overcome their offensive line issues, replacing three of five starters? Can can Trayvon Diggs get 11 interceptions? I don't think we've had a player get double-digit interceptions since the 40s. Maybe maybe not ever. Maybe since the 50s. I'm not even sure. But the second season with double-digit interceptions is a lot. Michael Parsons is going to be a stud. He's going to be an absolute stud in 2022. I would not be surprised if that man had 15 to 20 sacks. I think I've said it on this program before. But let's preview the Tampa game here. Chris Godwin, big news out of Tampa yesterday. Chris Godwin, no knee brace. I was told by someone close in the Bucks camp, this was seven weeks ago, Chris Godwin would be on the field week one. Seven weeks ago, way before training camp. Bucks GM Jason Light was pretty confident on that. He's been confident on that for weeks. But I was told Chris Godwin was going to be on the field week one. Week one. Well, Chris Godwin doesn't have a knee brace, and he looks good for Sunday. And Todd Bowles said, well, looking at the injury report, it's going to be pretty clear. So I'm sure the Bucks will do their protocols for Chris Godwin but I would not be surprised to see Chris Godwin on the field against the Dallas Cowboys. So you are going to have, this is going to be who the Cowboys will be facing. Mike Evans, only player in NFL history to start his career with eight straight 1,000-yard seasons. Chris Godwin, who is the leader on the Bucs in receiving yards since 2019 and is one of the best slot receivers in the game. Julio Jones, second all-time in yards per game. I know he's not the same Julio Jones anymore, but he's going to be your number four receiver. And Russell Gage, good luck. Oh, Tom Brady, that 45-year-old man is throwing you the football who led the NFL in completions, attempts, passing yards, touchdowns. That guy, Tom Brady. But the Bucs have some issues, too. They have offensive line issues. They... Ali Marpet retired. They trade for Shaq Mason. That, that ends up being a really good move. Ryan Jensen hurt. Going to be out of the wild. Um, their interior offensive line is just decimated right now. 
decimated. Um, their left guard, I got to get their name up here. Let's see. Uh, um, Luke Gadecki. Luke Gadecki, rookie. He's going to be their left guard due to injury. So you got Luke Gadecki. You have Robert Hainsey, their center, and Shaq Mason. Three, three new offensive now They have good tackles. Tristan Wurst, one of the best right tackles in the game. Donovan Smith, very good left tackle. They're good on the bookends. But the interior offensive line, Brady's going to be facing a lot of pressure from the Cowboys up front. If the Cowboys are going to win this game, their defensive line is going to have to show up. They're going to have to live up to their potential. From uh, across the board here, look, Neville Gallimore, he had a really good preseason at nose tackle. The Cowboys need him to step up, bottom line. They need him to step up. Marcus Lawrence is back. Dorrance Armstrong. Very underrated. I think he's going to get some sacks for him this year. Michael, Michael Parsons, you're going to need to pressure Tom Brady, especially with that passing game. You're going to have to. You have to. If you don't, the Bucs are going to tear this team apart. Everybody's healthy. Oh, um, I forgot Cam Bray, Kyle Rudolph. And I want you guys to pay attention to this guy. K-Dot, fourth round pick. Bucks seem to like him. Tight end. He's going to be part of this. He's going to be a big part of this offense at some point this year. Maybe week one, maybe not. But the Bucks really like this kid, K-Dot, fourth round pick. Not say pick him up fancy or anything, but name the monitor. Um, Jamal Dean is going to start at cornerback opposite Carlton Davis. He beat out Sean Murphy, buying for the, for the job. Man, that's a pretty good cornerback group, isn't it? Jamal Dean. Sean Murphy Bunning, Carlton Davis. It's a good problem to have at your Tampa Bay, especially when you're going up against Dallas's receivers right now. C.D. Lamb, we're going to find out on Thursday night if he's going to be a number one. I think he is, but we're going to find out Thursday night. Michael Gallup doesn't look like he's playing week one. So you got to go with Jaden Tolbert, the rookie. We didn't have that great preseason, but look who was throwing the ball. Cooper Rush, Will Greer. Okay. Uh, sorry, Sunday night. I said Thursday night. Uh, I think in 2021 all over again here. So that's going to be something to monitor, too. Um, Todd Bull says Julio Jones is back to his old self. I don't know what that means. Old self is in he's healthy. Old self in he's Atlanta Falcons Julio prior to 2020. If Julio Jones is anything near what he used to be, Tampa Bay is going to Super Bowl. Gotta be honest here. I mean, Tampa Bay would be the best team in the NFC. They're not my NFC pick to go to Super Bowl, by the way. I'll give that later this week. Um, Akeem Hicks, major, major addition to that run defense. They don't have Jason Pierre Paul, they don't have Don Katsu anymore, but they got Akeem Hicks. Pairing him with Shaq Barrett. Bucks have been number one in the NFL in rush run defense the last three years. All with Todd Bowles as defense coordinator. Now he's the head coach. You're going to need that to stop Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Remember, the Cowboys didn't even try to run the ball in this matchup last year. They just threw the ball. They threw the ball 40-plus times. They didn't care. They just did not care. So, learn Fournette versus the Cowboys D-line. That's going to be a big matchup. Uh, Fournette, now under a multi-year contract. He's the guy. He's the guy in Tampa. Uh, Rashad White, he's the number two rookie. Watch out for him, too. But learn Fournette is the guy in Tampa. 
Cowboys were number 20 in pass yards allowed. So, again, this it's going to come down to getting pressure on Tom Brady, if you're the Cowboys. It's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to can their cornerbacks, Anthony Brown, Trayvon Diggs, can they stop their receivers? I don't know if they can. If they don't get pressure on Tom Brady, they're screwed. Forget it. Just forget. And obviously, before I bring on Mike Gill, we got to get the elephant in the room here, and that's Tom Brady. And we'll talk about Tom Brady right after the break. Mike Gill at 720. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondly hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Mike Gill Tuesday, because we were off yesterday. Good morning, Mike. How you been, man? 
Doing good, Jeff. What's up, man? Uh, not much. Um, not upset over the Cowboys signing Jason Pierce or anything. Like Twitter up, <laughs> they exploded yesterday, and we kind of knew this was coming for about a week. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine that he's better than any in-house option that they had. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he talked about it yesterday. It was kind of funny because we, in, in fact, on Birds 365, you talk to hear what John McMullen has said over the years. It's kind of like the chain of command in the Eagles organization was like Jeffrey Lurie, number one, Jason Peters, number two. And it's just going to seem really weird having him there. But, you know, he said, um, as soon as Jerry Jones called him, they started talking about Arkansas football and stuff like that. And it just kind of, you know, um, but hey, look, uh, towards the end, he's obviously wasn't a Jason Peters that we remember, but he's still better than a lot of guys who are playing that position, even at 40 years old, even with a penalty uh, every now and then. He's still a pretty talented uh, player. Uh, he's not the same Jason Peters, but he's probably an upgrade to whoever else the Cowboys were going to play at that position. Which brings up my next question, Mike. Did Jerry Jones admit he failed at drafting offensive linemen in the last two years? Um, well, you have Tyron Smith there, so you're not really targeting that position so much. I mean, um, they brought in uh, the, the Smith kid this year, and maybe he's just not ready. There was a lot of talk about how green he was and that he was not going to be ready um, and, and to throw him in at left tackle. I just don't think they, you know, look, to knock somebody, the Eagles happened to have a guy who was a first-round pick. We were talking about this on my show last Wednesday. Joe Valerio played in the league for six, seven years, and we were talking about cut-down day. What's it like to get cut? What's it like when the Turk taps you on the shoulder and says, bring your playbook? You know, Joe's been there. And he said, look, one of the areas that used to feel pretty secure was when you were a veteran offensive lineman that those guys had a place in the league. They don't have a place in this league anymore. Teams can't afford them. They just can't afford them. So they have to groom younger offensive linemen to be the backup. You used to have a guy who was a 10-year veteran that was the backup left tackle and can fill in up and down the line. You don't have that anymore. So, you know, I, I guess the luxury that the Eagles have, most teams don't, including Dallas, so they had to go outside the organization. Yeah, it, it's weird, too, how it was Jason Pierce because you did have Eric Fisher available. But, again, I, I don't know the health of Eric Fisher. I'm not, not sure what the deal is. He hasn't signed, but – you're right. It just seemed like this was the only fit for Pierce if he wanted to play. Yeah, I mean, he was with the Bears last year. I mean, I think he started 15 games or played in 15 games. It was games. actually not bad for the Bears last year. Yeah, no, he, he you know, I, he had some uh, knick-knack injuries. Same with the Eagles where he had to keep coming off the field, coming and going, and he just hasn't been the same player that we remember. That's the problem is you have a – uh, memory of a person at, uh, playing at a certain level and they're no longer that guy, then all of a sudden your thought process changes on them. Well, believe me, he's still going to be better. Thank you. Uh, sorry, I got my coffee. <laughs> uh, going to be better than, I, I, you know, is he a top 15 left tackle in football now? No. But just think about, we are so spoiled with our offensive line in Philadelphia. Just think about teams like Minnesota, who have great skill players, but can't, they haven't been able to be a playoff team because their offensive line is just so bad that their offense can't be consistent enough. The Giants are another team. The Giants have good skill players, 
Their line is just so bad that it they is, can't. It comp- is better now, though. At least it's getting time. better. Yes, but oh, I'm talking. I'm going back to when Eli Manning was just oh, just yeah. a shell of himself. Was Eli Manning a shell of himself as a player? Maybe not. It just that line just did not allow him to compete at the same level that he could. That that, he, that you know Eli could possibly still be playing if he had a half decent offensive line. Their line was so bad. So you got to take that into account when you think about teams around the league. You know, um, the rest of that Dallas offensive line, I mean, they have drafted pretty well. Zach Martin, when he's healthy, is a really good player. Um, you know, they, the, the center position has been a little bit of a problem for them. Um, but look, the Eagles have a luxury that most teams just simply don't have. Speaking That's of the, the moral of the story here. Now, speaking of the Eagles, I guess I got to shift now because we talked about that luxury. Well, they're not going to have their – what do we want to call Andre Dillard? Their, um, I, I, I can't think of a term for him right now, but he, he was kind of like that insurance policy, right? He's the ultimate insurance policy at a premium position. Yeah. Most people are looking for a starting left tackle. Uh, they have a premium backup left tackle. Is he but the now first what do they do? Now that he's out six weeks, it's a great question um, because um, Driscoll has essentially been, you know, trained to play the right side and some right guard. Do they now cross train him to the left side? Uh, well, Raven Clark, I think, is on the practice squad. If memory serves, I yeah, think. They can uh, bring him up, though. What's that? Yeah, they can bring the uh, the Raven Clark up if they need to. Right. So I would imagine. In that six-week window that Dillard's not available, um, either they cross-train Driscoll to play over there, or the Raven Clark would kind of be the guy that would get that first crack in the event that um, uh, Jordan Mailata went down. So, and that's happened. Mailata's missed some time the last couple of years with some injuries, uh, including last year. So, um, yeah, it's definitely you know <laughs> you don't know what you got until it's gone. And people don't like Dillard because he was a first-round pick, but the guy's very serviceable i'm not saying he's a pro bowler but he's serviceable in the time um that he has played when when you lose your start and you have to go to a backup left tackle look the eagles saw this they lost jason peters and they went to big v who by the way is not going to play on sunday against the eagles for detroit he's out which is a big loss for them um it's 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 a great luxury to have is, is a backup left tackle or a backup at any spot in the line that could step in and be a starter now I was previewing Cowboys Bucks before you came on because it is week one. We actually got football this week, and there's going to be a major player on Tampa Bay that looks like he's going to play week one. And I was told this seven weeks ago. Don't be surprised if Chris Godwin's on the field week one. How much of an impact does Godwin play in this game on Sunday? Well, Godwin could play. He he's just a super talent. He he's a guy that if he was healthy as a free agent, probably would have been at the top of the list of getting getting deals with all these receiver deals that ended up uh happening guys wanted to be traded getting deals uh i i, I like godwin a lot uh, how much of a difference does he make in this game big difference i mean look dallas like him or not their defense is still pretty good i mean they lost some pieces on the offensive side they got some injuries uh, obviously they had to trade cooper because they don't know how to manage their cap um but their defense is very good it'll be fun seeing what they do i mean 
um, in that secondary. And look, Brady, this whole story, this is so interesting. This game, remember, was the Thursday night game last year that started the season off, and it was a great game. It was an exciting back-and-forth game. Uh, Dak Prescott enter actually uh, entering year number seven now for Dak Prescott. Think about that. Isn't it? Yeah, no, but I, I think Godwin is a difference maker for them. Look, they're a, with Tom Brady and that team, they're a playoff team, but they need him to be a Super Bowl team. Without him, no Gronk, uh, you know, th 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 you know, you start to question. And look, you don't question Brady. He, he won with far less in New England, but he is 45. He's had a tumultuous couple of weeks here in a weird offseason, so they need him back out there. Do you think he's all in, as Todd Bowles said? Who, Brady? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Brady does anything half-assed, man. Um, <laughs> maybe his marriage. <laughs> maybe his marriage he does half-assed. But on the football field, no. I don't question whether he's all in or not. He's not the kind of guy that's – I mean, I know it sounds a little weird because he did say he retired, then he decided to come back. He wasn't all in on retirement. That's why he's back. Yeah. So once he said, I'm not all in on retirement, he ain't all uh, half in on the field. Yeah, you know what, Mike, you probably have a good point here, but this, I, you know, it's like you said, this isn't the most challenging year of Brady's career, not, not even close, but he's dealt with bad offensive lines before. I'm not saying the Bucks' offensive line is bad, but the interior of the offensive line is replacing Jensen, he's replacing Marpet, um, Shaq Mason's, uh, Shaq Mason he's familiar with, he's good, but the Bucks are pretty much down to their third-string center, their second-string left guard, how big of a factor is that going to play against the Cowboys defensive line that's going to get pressure on him this week? Yeah, I mean, uh, you got what? Donovan Smith. Um, I don't know what the heck they're doing at the other spot. You mentioned uh, Shaq Mason. Um, Tristan Wirfs is pretty good on the outside. But you get pressure up the middle on Brady. That's where your problems are. And that's where the problems on the um, on the uh, Bucks offensive line is. It's up the middle. They're, they're okay on the outside. It's up the middle where they've had their injuries and their problems. How much mobility and movement is Tom Brady going to have now Dallas, you know, no Randy Gregory to get that pressure up there. He look, I, I blasted Dallas when they made that pick. And quite frankly, it didn't work out for him. He was a knucklehead up and down. He had what one and a half good season. He just couldn't stay on the field. He finally got a good season when it was time to get paid. And then he left them. So that was a wasted pick for them. Um, but you still have Parsons. And where are they going to shoot him from? Can they send him middle linebacker up the middle? Can they send him defensive end from the outside? Can they stand him up and play, uh, you know, try to loop him around? I, I think Parsons is a big factor in this game. But look for possibly try to get him pressuring up the middle in Brady's face. Now, it seems like too late in Van Der Esch. I, He's had a good preseason. He's had a good camp. And I know he's been... Started out really well, faded the last couple of years, but the Cowboys really seem to like what Vanderess is providing at the mic and off ball. So is there a possibility Michael Parsons lines up as, at defensive end a lot so he can go get his sacks? I don't think there's a, a spot. I think you just keep moving him around. But Vanderess, look, he was a guy that when he first, that rookie year, he looked like he was like, oh, my God, Dallas found this difference-making player. He looked like he was going to be a difference-making player hasn't worked out for him. He's had so many injury issues. But if they can keep him on the field, I still think you can put Parsons up, you know, have a, a look with both those guys. But you can loop him around, stun him around from the outside. The one thing with Parsons is he doesn't have to play one spot. He can play multiple spots on the field. They still have um, 
Demarcus Lawrence, who can can edge rush. You you stack those two guys on the same side, stunt those two guys together. Although that's where Tampa Bay is their strongest is on the outsides. But you know you got Van Der Esch up the middle. You could still use both guys, I think, and send pressure with one or the other up the middle. Because for me, if I'm Dallas, I'm trying to go attack the middle of that Tampa Bay offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott. We all know the deal with his contract. It's I think it's the last year the Cowboys take a significant cap hit with him. But is Jerry Jones and Mike McCarvey really going to be as arrogant as they are and play Zeke more than Tony Pollard just because he's getting paid? That's a good question. I mean, they tried to use Pollard more last year. Probably didn't use him enough. Now they have a full offseason to kind of say, all right, let's start to make that transition where Pollard's more the guy, Zeke is, is the other guy. Um, for if you're an NFC East fan, you'd say you hope not because Zeke's just not the same player that he was. Pollard's the more explosive runner. And look, in today's game, most teams are employing two guys. I mean, in some sense, there's very few – I mean, I'm sure everybody watching this has got a fantasy football draft already. Mine's tonight. So um, you, it's hard to find running backs to touch the ball all game long, right? So I think Zeke Elliott's touches will begin to go down. You'll start to see the switch over that Pollard. It'll at least, I would say, be more of a 50-50 proposition, depending on your, your opponent, too. Do you want to grind it out, run the clock? I don't think their offense is going to be as explosive this year with a couple missing pieces there. Your offensive line's not as good. You've lost Amari Cooper. Um, we'll see. But I think you're going to see more of Pollard this year than you did last year. Are you concerned about the wide receiver position right now with the Cowboys? Uh, I mean, CeeDee Lamb's a player. Is he a number one A? Yeah, that remains to be seen. Gallup is um, – I don't know. Gallup would kind of be your version of what the Eagles had in Torrey Smith a couple of years. Maybe a little bit better, right? I mean, a little bit more polished uh, Smith was. more. He was a veteran at that time. I think Gallup, who's a veteran, I think he's more of a one-trick pony than um, than that. Um, James Washington, eh, I think he's hurt, so right? So, so is Gallup in a sense. I mean, looks like Gallup will be back, but yeah. overall, the death right now, it, it, it's not great. No, and and I guess um, Tolbert is a guy they have some some they like him a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think the the like I said Cooper losing Cooper is hurt that man. He was a like I I criticized them a couple of years ago when they took CD Lamb and oh Lamb's great. I, I'm not saying that Lamb's not great. I said you didn't need Lamb. The problem with taking Lamb and their defense was so bad that the year they drafted Lamb. Their defense was so bad that year. It was like you took a guy that you already, you know, had a spot. And the problem became, now you have Lamb, you have to pay him. So you had to decide that I can't keep Cooper because I paid Elliott. So you had like, you, you, the way they managed their roster just didn't make sense to me at the time. Now, Lamb, I think, is better than Cooper. I think Lamb's ceiling better than what Cooper gave you, even though Cooper was better than people. You know, when he got traded from the Raiders to Dallas, people were kind of smirking, like, this guy hasn't done anything. He came here and played pretty well, including, if you're an Eagles fan, he kicked their butts <laughs> with Dallas. Yeah, well, so, Eagles fans should be glad he's out of the division. Right. So, yeah, they're, they're the, you know, long story short is their receivers, they got some question marks there, but that's why you pay the quarterback. 
That's why Dak Prescott, he's got to elevate those guys. You pay your offensive line. You have a quarterback that's a franchise guy. It means you got to take lesser weapons. You can't afford them all. And when the quarterback is a franchise quarterback that gets paid like that, he's going to have some lesser guys to throw to, and he's got to elevate them. That'll be the big question for Dak in year seven. Can he elevate Michael Gallup to the next level? James Tolbert, make him a known name. James Washington, if he can get back on the field. Will we know who these guys are because of the quarterback? Now, what are your overall thoughts on Dak Prescott? I've been saying for years, I think he's a top 10 quarterback, but a lot of people seem to, I don't want to say disagree, but I don't think they want to rank him that high. I like Dak. I've always, I don't know, I've never been a Dak hater. Um, just last year, for whatever reason, the second half of that year, he just didn't seem to be the same guy. Don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, I don't want to say, well, he didn't seem accurate. His arm just didn't seem to have that it factor. That's one of the things with Dak I think we don't give him credit for is he has the it factor. You know, is he a top 10 arm? Is he the most accurate passer? No, no. But he's got that it factor. He makes plays. He can keep things alive. He's a winner. He's a gamer. Uh, no, I've always been a Prescott fan in terms of uh, you can win with him, I think. But can you win the Super Bowl with him? I, I'm beginning to think that that is probably unlikely. They've always been um, – look, the stretch he had before he got hurt with that ankle, if their defense was mediocre that year, they would have been a problem the way he was playing. He ends up getting hurt, and they turned into a disaster after that. And their defense got better that year as the year went on. If you remember, their defense did get better. But uh, I think the way they were playing, if they had a mediocre defense that year, Prescott was playing at a level that they might have been scary in the playoffs. What Without, with, with, I, other than that, I mean, I laugh every year. I, I said my buddies – I got a couple of buddies who are Cowboy fans. I don't know how they found their way into this direction. They're, they probably weren't raised right, but – you get into a situation where they played San Francisco this year. I, I said, soon as that matchup, I said, they are not winning this game. I said the same thing. I said on your show. They are simply not tough enough to win a game where San Francisco is ready to fist fight you. They will run. They will run. They will run. Their defense is tough. That's simply not the game Dallas wants to play. They do not want to play that kind of – I said that San Francisco was the worst matchup for them. Is it fair to say Dak's rookie year might have been their best chance to go to the Super Bowl? That's a good question. Um, either that or last year. I mean, their team last year was loaded, man. I mean, for them not to win with that team last year, look – their defense exceeded expectations. No one knew what Parsons that Parsons was going to be that guy. You had Diggs play at a tremendous level for most of the. I mean, I, people see the the interceptions, the highlights. I mean, he's beatable. Diggs is a guy that you can go after, take shots down the field on. But he's also a playmaker. If you're going to go after him, he's going to make plays. Um, last year's team had a shot. Their rookie year, his rookie year, they were thirteen and three that year. That was the, uh, um, you know, he came out of nowhere that year too. I mean, um, made that throw to Jared Cook in the playoff game, but Dak threw a pick six in that game too. Yeah, either that year or last year. Last year's team was really good, man. I mean, I, I said as soon as they lost, that was their shot. That was their shot last year, and 
I don't know. The NFC might be a little bit more open this year, though. So you might not need. It's like the Phillies in uh, 08 win the World Series. Probably not their best team. The 11 team was the better team, but they didn't win. So maybe Dallas's roster isn't as talented, but the path might not be as difficult. So do you think they're a playoff team this year? Dallas, yeah, I do. I think I think the NFC East could actually get three teams. I think it's a long shot, but I think there are three potential playoff teams in the division because I like Washington. I if see. Carson Wentz is mediocre, just mediocre, just can't be bad. He just can't be bad, Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz is mediocre, that team can make the playoff. They've got enough talent around now they got to stay healthy. They've already lost Chase Young, but I like their weapons on offense. Um, their defense was was excellent two years ago. I don't know what happened last year, but they started to get better as the year went on. They just didn't have any quarterback play. You can't win in this league with Tyler Henneke. And for them to win, what, seven games with the quarterback play they got, they got a good coach. Uh, I'm not saying a great coach. Look, people, fans have this vision in their head that they're going to get greatness at every position on the field and the coach has got to be coaches make mistakes. If you have a good coach, that's a plus. And Ron Rivera is a good coach. Is he great? No. Is he exciting? No, but he's been to a super bowl. He shows he can lead a 53 man roster. Guys want to play for him. That's something that that organization has not had. They've kept the same coach. This is his third year there now, right? So yeah. you're starting to at least get some consistency at a position that they just haven't been able to find. Um, I'm great. I think Jay Gruden was there three years, but wasn't was longer than three years. I think he was there five years. I was going to say, but he he was there, but he just wasn't a guy. It seemed like that was a leader of men. That the player he didn't. Uh, we were talking about this with Joe Valerio on my show. Joe's a great listen. Five o'clock on Wednesdays, man. He, right tells, I do. he tells great stories because, you know, people are like, ah, he, he was a journey, not really a journeyman. He played with the Chiefs for five, six years. But, man, he has so many great experiences and stories. And he talked about, you know, when he left Kansas City, which had Marty Schottenheimer, and how well run the organization was. And then he went to St. Louis, and the coach there was Rich Brooks. That was and he right, said, right before Dick, right? Right before Dick went there? Uh, in St. Louis, yes, because uh, Vermeil ended up going there, and they had the greatest show on turf. He was there in 96. Rich Brooks was the coach, and he said the culture was just so different. Guys showed up late to practice and meetings, and they didn't get penalized for it. Showed up wearing whatever clothes they wanted to. Kansas City, you must be wearing these clothes. you got to have your team-issued gear. So much more structured. I think we take for granted sometimes behind the scenes how much a structure of an organization matters. And Washington, poor structure. Are they starting to get that structure after three years? And okay, if you're not conforming with Rivera's plan, you're out of here. So keep those things in mind. Like when an organization struggles or when an organization starts to turn around the corner, is it because they have better structure in the organization? I, it's a great story Joe tells about. It. He's like, I went to St. Louis, and it was the Wild West, man. Guys show up late for meetings. No one gets penalized, fined, nothing. You were in, in, in Kansas City, Marty Schottenheimer. If you weren't five minutes early, you were late. Now here's I, and look I'm at the Giants, by the way. Look at the yeah, Giants. Yeah. 
uh, since I was they say- lost, uh, you know, since their Super Bowl runs, the the coaches they haven't been able to find a culture setter there. It looks like they're now, but I I gotta say this since you brought Ron Rivera, I'm gonna kick the Hornets nest tomorrow. I'm gonna. This is part of my preview here for um, – I have to do preseason head coach hot seat rankings. I put Ron Rivera on there. Not because of Ron Rivera, because his owner is a complete idiot, and I think if they have a third straight losing season, he's crazy enough to give Rivera the boot. I mean, he fired Schottenheimer after an 8-8 eight eight season. So, I, I mean, I've seen crazier things, but could Ron Rivera actually be on the hot seat this year? Yeah. Oh, listen, you're right, because you have an owner that's unstable there. And if they don't make the playoffs, I can say, hey, we had this guy that was in the Super Bowl. We gave him three shots at this, and we're getting rid of him. I, 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 As much as Snyder, that team is too much under the microscope with the league right now. So he might conform and try to follow path here and say, all right, we're going to go down this road with Rivera. Because Rivera has a lot of power in that organization. He makes a lot of decisions that you can tell that he is – um, it's very you know, stable his, right now, at least on the football field. Yeah, and, and look, they got – I like the talent on that roster. You got Gibson, McLaurin, Dotson they went out and got. Curtis Samuels a good slot guy. Logan Thomas is a talented guy. Their offensive line is okay. It, um, it's not great, but um, – most. It's better than most, right. But they're calling Carters on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, their defense, they get Chase Young back and he plays Sweat. Um, Jonathan Allen, Davis, who they drafted, and they got criticized for, turned into a decent player. Fuller, they brought in uh, their veterans. They got uh, uh, William Jackson's back there now. Jackson. So their their defense is pretty good, and it's all – it's like Philadelphia, man. It comes down to that quarterback position. How much – if he could just be average. I think, I think he just has – and that's not saying, hey, be average. It's just don't be 2020 Carson Wentz. Any other version of Carson Wentz, that team has a shot to make the playoffs. You think Jacksonville could sneak up on them on Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Why? Culture. They set a culture down there. Last year, their culture was bananas. (laughs) They didn't have a culture last year. Bananas. Uh, Doug Peterson's won a Super Bowl. He knows how to set a culture. I mean, he came into a situation similar where Chip Kelly was there. And it was a poor culture in Philadelphia. And you bring in a guy who had to deal with that in 2016. They went seven and nine and kind of switched over the mindset and the way that. That year, by the way, that, that Eagles team was supposed to be a four or five win team. And they won seven. That's when I knew Doug was going to be a pretty decent coach. In and early on in his career, they went three and one out of the gates that year. And then they kind of struggled along. And there were some games you're like, eh, I don't know if this guy's got it, but it's a process. We, you know, we look at things in this world in such a day to day fashion. Hour to Every- hour. Whatever you do on this Sunday, that's who you are. No, that's not that's not the case. It's it, even though footballs are once football seasons are one Sunday a year, you know, it is still the marathon of building a culture, building a program, building an organization. You know, as much as fans look at week to week, we got to win this game on Sunday. Teams don't – you got to remember, 
organizations are everlasting. They just keep going. They're building something for years and years and years of success, not success on Sunday, not every Sunday. Do they want to win every Sunday? Absolutely. But there's a big picture to an organization. And when you walk in to an organization's uh, headquarters, you see the building on the good organization's walls. Their history lines their walls. Those are the organizations that don't look at every Sunday as the be-all, end-all. They have the big-picture look. And I think that's where um, teams like Washington back in the day, they had the big-picture look. Then they lost that because they got new ownership, right? And the new owner cared more about winning every Sunday than he did long-term. And then you fall apart because you try so hard to win every single Sunday that it actually blurs your vision and crashes and burns your organization. Finally, how does Mike Gill spend an NFL Sunday? Do you have Sunday tickets? Are you? I, no. You'll have Sunday ticket. I don't, I don't watch Red Zone. I'm anti-Red Zone. Uh, so you're anti-Red Zone. I yeah. watch Red Zone when it's convenient. No, I don't like the Red Zone. Um, I like getting into a game. You know, when I do my show, obviously I'm watching the Eagles. I have a Philadelphia audience, but I watch NFC East games. So I'll usually, oh, yeah. you know, so generally when the Eagles aren't on, you get Giants, Dallas, or Washington. So I like to sit and get into that game. I like to watch, and I'll pick series, and I'll say, all right, I want to watch their line play. I know that next week, if Philly's playing this team, I'll try to watch that team play if they're on if they're on my TV. Now, that's not always the case, but so you would say, well, so then why don't you get a Sunday ticket? Well, I don't have a dish, so that's number one. Um, although, where is the Sunday ticket now? So, Sunday ticket, you can actually – do you have a Roku or anything? I – Dude, I have an Xbox 360, I, I think. think. It's not mine. It on, I think you can get it on there because I had Sunday ticket on my Roku, but I think this is the last year that it's with the DirecTV deal. I think next year it's you're going to go to Apple. I, I don't think they saw it. You're the announcer guru. <laughs> no, I know they're moving. I just didn't know if it was – I think it's next year that they're going to – Somewhere else, a Amazon maybe they could yeah, be going yeah. to Amazon. Amazon's a bitter. By the way, but I don't, I don't have it, so I, I know it's on the dish, right, or Directv. Yeah, One yeah of those. it is on there. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't have Sunday ticket. I don't like the red zone. Um, I like watching a game. I like getting into a game and watching it, and and just kind of taking notes and doing that. So my Sunday, like I'm outside right now doing this segment here. I'm out on my porch. Behind me over there is my TV. Oh, I love it. And I have a heater. So for Sunday night, I'll turn the heater on and I'll stay out here till probably about early December. Even in December, I'll come out here and watch games. Uh, the porch is screened in. So that's my Sunday, man. I got my notepad. I'm not quite Ray Didinger, but I do have a, a notepad. A lot of times I'll tweet. And then on Monday when I do my show, I'll go back and read through my tweets to remember stuff that I saw. That's what I tell people. I, everybody goes, why do you tweet so much? I'm like, uh, it's honestly, it's a notebook. It's yep, not, it, I use it sometimes as a notebook. I actually have a draft that I keep in my email that I write. Like I have my announcer schedule podcast that I that we're actually recording today, and there will be a handful of games that I'll pick out and listen to the announcers. I did West Virginia Pitt on Thursday night. That was a sad game for me. Yeah. 
But uh, so I was kind of critiquing the announcers, and I'll write my notes down in the draft of the thing for things that I want to bring up on the podcast. Same with my show for games. I will have a draft in my email, and I'll throw them in there and bring up points. Like, for instance, when I set up my show, I have a draft that has every time slot. So if I have a question that I want to ask Jeff Kerr at 530, I will take it and throw it in the draft and be like, okay, bring that point up at 530 tonight. Mike, once again, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to have you on next Monday. We're going to recap all the crazy week one game. I'm sure you'll be watching the Cowboys on that porch, and we'll be complaining about them Monday morning and probably complain about the Eagles, even though they they should beat Detroit and all that. But once again, uh, you can catch Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, the Sports Bash, every day. Right, Mike? Monday through Friday, 2 to five, and 2 to 6. Actually, on Friday – I see Ocean behind you. I will be at the Ocean Sportsbook this Friday, but normally I'm there on Monday. So if anybody's coming down the shore on Friday, 2 to 6, I'll be at the Ocean uh, Gallery Bar Book and Games. Mike, I got to come visit Ocean one of these days. So uh, uh, maybe one day during the year I'll, I'll just text and be like, guess what? Guess where I'm going to Hey, next <laughs> Monday we'll be there, and the Eagles have a Monday night game. I could do that before I cover the game. So, yeah, I might have to consider that. Once again. There you go. Thanks for coming on, Mike. No problem. See you guys. All right. And now I got to give my tribute to Joey McDonald. We're going to put a bow on the show right after this. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. 
If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Like I said, it's week one. I, I'm thrilled. I can't wait for Thursday night. Cannot wait for Bills Rams. But the NFC East, let's go through the slate here. The Eagles play at Detroit, which I'm sure you're all aware of. We'll preview that game on Friday, by the way. Um, so just a hint, that'll be Friday's preview. We did Cowboys today. They play the Bucks on Sunday night. That'll be a good one. I'm sure we'll all be watching. That'll probably be the first thing we break down Monday, along with the Eagles. Uh, Washington, obviously, they they host Jacksonville. We're going to preview that Thursday. I'm going to have Kyle Stackpole, uh, NFL editor at CBS Sports. He covered uh, – used to work for the Commanders, uh, covered some of their training camp this year. So we'll get the intel on Washington, how they're going to look. And the Giants, we probably don't care about them as much this year, but this is an NFC East show, and we got to preview them at some point. We're going to preview them tomorrow. They're going to play the Titans this week. Tennessee's got a lot of – questions that need to be answered but so do Giants so we're going to talk about the Giants a little bit tomorrow uh that's the rundown for the week once again I'm Jeff Kerr thank you for tuning in the good morning NFC East Birds 365 is next with Jody McDonald and John McMullen we got the football playbook with Rick Saratella at 10 sports take with Rob Ellis Derek Gunn Barrett Brooks at noon and the national football show with Dan Cilio at three and make sure to hit that like button subscribe to Jacob Sports and I'll catch you guys tomorrow 